Welcome to the fourth edition of the Week of the International Student podcast. Just so that the listener understands what's going on here, we are in like a fantastic theatre building as we speak. They are bread, chairs, it's a place where royalty comes. It's, it's an amazing building. I've never been here before and I'm like, whoa, this is, this is some place to be. This is the Koninklijke Institute for de Tropen, the Royal Tropical Institute in Amsterdam, which is an independent centre of expertise, education, intercultural cooperation dedicated to sustainable development. So it's a perfect place to discuss with our uh, Orange North knowledge alumni uh, about the world of being an international student, which you guys here already are, uh, and the people who are listening at home might be considering becoming an international student. So we want to inspire them and talk about the world of the international student, but also, of course, it's great, but it's not always great, is it? It's quite a challenge because our, we change, and we'll get to that later. So I'd like to introduce my panel now. We've got some rock stars of the alumni world at, at the table here, so I'm very proud and pleased that we've got these uh, fantastic guests here. We have, on the end here, uh, Mulu Behanu Hundera, who is an Ethiopian gender studies and management specialist. She's uh, specialised in management and female entrepreneurship. She was the first college dean at Haramaya University in Ethiopia in the institution's 67-year history. I think that deserves a round of applause. And she's currently Assistant Professor of Management and Development at Hermaya University as well. She's driven by her commitment to inclusive systems and practices in her country. And equal access and control over resources for all in Ethiopia is her goal. Mulu. Then we have, and I said we have rock stars. These are rock stars of the alumni world. So we have Delphine, who doesn't have a second name, just like Madonna and Sting. <laughs> Delphine is uh, an Indonesian urban planner. She has a master's degree in environmental and infrastructure planning from the University of Groningen in 2014, where she won the Best Thesis Presentation Award. And she recently, like last week, wasn't it? Got her PhD in spatial planning. Yeah, exactly. Let's hear it. Make some noise, podcast people. Yo. Very nice. And that was a PhD in spatial planning from Utrecht University. Uh, back from the 1st of December coming, she'll be back in Jabodetapec, which is the Jakarta, Bogor, Depok, Tangaran and Bekasi region, which has 30 million people in it. And they all have discussions about who has the right to be important, just like the Randstad in the Netherlands. <laughs> Plenty of work there. Kamaran Pelani. He's an Iraqi expert in civil society and local governance from Iraqi Kurdistan and also specialised in displaced communities. He's a research fellow at Middle East Research Institute and lecturer at Salahaddin University in Erbil and he's also a PhD student at Leiden University and the Hague Academy for Local Governance. He's researching barriers into the stabilisation of areas which have been retaken from ISIS in Kurdistan at this moment, so extremely challenging work, very interesting. Carmen Noriega Hoyas. Colombian marine biologist. She has been researching for 10 years uh, the sea turtles and marine mammal conservation program at the Jorge Tadeo Lozano University. She leads the largest sea turtle satellite telemetry project. Let's just think about that. Tracking sea turtles around the world uh, in the Caribbean. And she's currently studying for a Master of Science in Environmental Science at Wageningen University. 
Thank you, guys. So welcome. Um, the students here are in the early days of their, of their student life as international students. What we want to speak about today is what it means to be an international student and, and what do you take away with you and the experiences that you have. Um, I think it was the, the gentleman from the ministry just said that you are change makers. You, you come to study in the Netherlands and then you return and, and create change. Um, perhaps we could discuss what that means to you as individuals being makers of change. Does anybody, perhaps Mulu, do you see yourself as a change maker? Uh, yes, I do see myself as a change maker. Uh, coming here and um, finding yourself in the jungle of so many people from different countries of the world, and then uh, interacting with them, apart the, the regular thing that you learn in the class, and uh, you find yourself after that, you realize that yeah, you can be a change maker, and not only that, you also find your heart um, where you want what you want to change, and where you want to find yourself. Now, that's very interesting. Yeah. So you act, it's a partly a, the process of finding yourself, as well as uh, finding new knowledge and being in a different country. It's true. Like, uh, being part of international student, it just makes you realize that uh, you're a change maker. It also shows you where you can make change as a person. Right. Kamaran, uh, you were talking just before we started on a similar topic. Do you see your, the way, how, can, how do you yourself uh, create change? I mean, thank you so much. Well, I see myself more than, uh, actually not change maker, but builder, building something. Because uh, in our context, in our society, in Iraqi Kurdistan and Iraq, uh, the whole country, we didn't have civil society during the dictatorship era. We didn't have like uh, independent space of thinking, research, etc. So what we are trying to do is mostly building that space, creating that space. And, and being here is important. I always tell my students, when we look at the window, we only see uh, what's available to our position. Uh, what we can see is limited to your position. But then when you move, when you see other cultures, and then you can see out there, you can see from the window from different positions, which is critical to building uh, a better society, a better condition for all of us. Oh, thanks for that. Um, Carmen, of course, you're, you're uh, looking at change in the sense of global uh, uh, movements of, of marine mammals. How, how does that work? How does your role, uh, your scientific role, uh, feel as a change maker? Well, uh, first of all, in our country, the species I'm working with, especially with sea turtles, are still part of our fishing resources and working with communities like indigenous people and also uh, small communities that they actually need this uh, kind of resources for the proteins. It's like really, really difficult to just display them. Uh, these animals are important for the environment, but when you don't have uh, something to give your children to feed them, it's just like make, you have to make a balance what is important about that conservation until what part we have conservation and what part we have to, uh, the basic necessity for the people. So a sudden, uh, that kind of animals and 
the, these people, the citizens in that area, becomes our scientists in that area, and they become part of the now the process of conservation. And now right, they so are the working with is, in, is conserving. Yes, it's conserving yeah. the animals for all of them. Yeah, Delphine, do you have a, 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 an opinion about making change and how, what your role can be in that? Yeah, if, if you asked me this question six years ago, maybe I will definitely say, yes, I'm a change maker. But then after becoming an international student, I had different answers. So b back then uh, at the welcoming ceremony, when I first started at the University of Groningen, I remember Professor Oswald told me that um, being international student is not you learning about the Dutch fully, well, it's nice if you can learn about Dutch fully, but then it is more about learning about yourself. It's about self-reflection, how a self-discovery journey instead of learning. And then I think that is a sense of which is nice if you want to be a change maker in a way that you have to learn about yourself first before you can make a change. Right, that's a good point to make. I think, I think a lot of people in this room will, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that resonates with the guys, uh, with the people here, is that, is that when you're out on your own as an international student, of course, you're in the Netherlands, um, and yet quite often you socialize with other international students because everybody's in the same boat. And also at the same time, when you lock the door at night, you're on your own and you're not with your family. And there's challenges there as well, I imagine. Um, perhaps we can talk a little bit about what it's like, the experience to be in the Netherlands in a positive sense, but uh, also in a sense of discovering yourself. You're, you're smiling there, <laughs> Delphine. Do you, have a, do you have a story for us about when you were studying here? When I studied here, oh, it's amazing. But before uh, I arrive around September, and then after that winter is coming in November, <laughs> December. So yeah, it's, it's nice. It's a nice diverse culture in, in the University of Running. And at the time I was like in a master of environmental infrastructure planning program, which is like um, mostly Dutch, 50%-ish, I would say. And then 30% Indonesian because so many Indonesian coming to the Netherlands to learn about water management and stuff. And then others like Africans, uh, countries, Americans. So it's nice that um, in the Netherlands they embrace like international culture so diverse and it's nice to be a part of that. It's amazing. Did you experience the same, uh, Mulu, or was you have a different uh, view? It's like Delphi, but I like her. Um, I was enthusiastic before I arrived here, and uh, for some reason I came late, so I didn't have time to rearrange myself, uh, copying and learning around. So the moment I come, I have to start class, which had already started. So there was confusion for me, like uh, <laughs> copying with the lesson that uh, I didn't uh, come early, and then at the same time, I have to cope with living in Netherlands, especially learning how to ride bike. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you have to learn to ride it from nothing or the traffic system? From nothing. From nothing? <laughs> no, from nothing. <laughs> wow. From nothing, because uh, culturally you don't see that in Ethiopia in terms of topology. It's not like uh, in some places, yes, they do, but also as a female, it's not something that you think of it at Right. At so my you're working age, so for, for gender balance already on a bicycle? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was something difficult because I found I had to learn bike to really make my uh, stay in Netherlands more smoother. So the thing is, uh, people already told me that those students who came before me, like three weeks before, uh, they told me how they had been struggling. Most of them had failed, already have some scratch on their bodies. And uh, 
So they say they couldn't still manage to do it. And then that was depressing for me because I knew I had to, but I found math uh, be difficult. So the first time I just went to the field and uh, I asked um, a lady who by herself, she couldn't uh, fully able to write, yeah. but she asked me, okay, she can teach me how to ride. And then we went and then uh, I found myself on the bike and she starts now uh, like breathing because I'm holding my body on her. And then I said, okay, just tell me the technique so I can see. And then she told me, and then the moment she told me techniques, I just convinced myself, I start riding for a while. And then she told me, wow, you are riding. And then now I started falling. <laughs> because oh, as soon as you were aware. Uh, you as soon as I were that, yeah. But that's quite a good symbol for yeah. the world of the international student, isn't it? You were suddenly, sometime you think you're doing it and then oops a daisy. Yeah, so yeah, luckily I could uh, able to ride bike uh, within two hours on the same day. So. <laughs> oh, wow, two hours. I think that's probably a world record. Yeah, yeah I think that's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Yeah. Kamaran, we were talking earlier on also about the, 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 the difficulties when one leaves the home base, as it were, because we all have family, we have relationships, and not everybody uh, uh, fully understands what you're doing. They think, oh, they're going abroad, they're having a great time all of the time, this party, party, party. Uh, and yet, it's not, is it? Of course it is. <laughs> oh, maybe. Um, no, but there, to be more serious, they're, they're, when it, we leave people at home when we study abroad. Um, Kamran, you were, explain, you were explaining earlier on that, that did you have some discussions at home about this? Well, I mean, just let me first. Uh, in the Middle East, perceptions are important towards other countries, towards other societies in general. I mean, like the Netherlands in general has uh, uh, a a positive perception among the people. When you are here, then people see you are doing a good thing. But then most of my friends uh, say, please bring us back some flowers. But the, the challenge is, because of my wife, I, I can only, I mean, send flowers back to my male friends. So I was like uh, having a difficult time with my wife. No, I mean, yeah. And yeah, and seriously, it, in my case, uh, having this uh, discussion with my with my family because I have to arrange being here. You have to focus, dedicate your time, but then you have some commitments back home, and it is a challenge. Uh, I think you need uh, a discussion and dialogue, and this is your way of. I think I've learned through your way of solving many issues through dialogue and having a good discussion. Right. Yeah. Carmen, did you experience discussions with the home front when you were studying in the Netherlands? Well, uh, actually not yet. Uh, I just started two months ago, and I used to live uh, in another part of my country, more than 1,000 kilometers from okay. my hometown. So they are now used to me be away all the time. Right. So it's not a so much deal. But a thousand kilometers away in Colombia is slightly different yeah. than coming to the Netherlands. Can you give us a little snapshot of your early ex experiences then, as you're, you're the, perhaps the, 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 the newest international student at the table? Yeah, I think uh, the most difficult or challenging thing to communicate with home is that 
different of, between hours. So like when I start, uh, start was in summer, it's like seven hours. So my parents like, okay, why aren't you calling? And, oh, the uh, time difference yeah, you mean, yeah. It's like really difficult to communicate with them. It's like usually when they want to call me, I already in bed or something like that. Or, or they just want to be able all the time to talk and I in class or I doing some research group. So it's quite difficult. Right. Um, the alumni collaborations, moving on to you guys who've been, who are alumni now, could you explain to us what that brings to you when you go back to the home country, the, the contacts that you have with the Netherlands and with the Dutch institutions that you've had, uh, that you've built up, and what the advantages of that network is? Yeah. Uh, actually, I always see like the Dutch model is a good model. And then you have got friends and people coming from different cultures and backgrounds. They share so many similarities, but also differences. And being uh, becoming part of this larger group is always uh, important to understand yourself, your own problems, and comparing and doing the work together. And I always, I, for the first time I came, it was in 2016. When I do my projects, my activities, I always share with my friends, I always get a good advice, recommendations from their contexts, how they are doing, uh, what similar problems uh, they may, we may face together. So being uh, part of this group is not only about like uh, friendship, but also important for your jobs, for your uh, activities back home. Yeah, the career development, I think, is a, is a key point. And as you grow in your career, you can give more knowledge to the, the pre-alumni uh, as well as uh, the recent alumni and uh, uh, explain to them. Uh, yeah, uh, Mulu, you were just about to contribute. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not sure if you also allow me to go further what you asked uh, Carmen about um, the difficulties that you may experience at home uh, coming here and uh, especially, um, as he said, for somebody who has already family. And uh, yeah, I could, I could see from his uh, experience that the other thing is he's lucky because he's a man. Uh, <laughs> because uh, had it been uh, he's a woman, he has already stopped his study or going further because having that challenge at home, he may not be able to cope because maybe the society at least... Uh, yeah, it's okay for the men to travel. For but the other side for women, especially that that's something really, really challenging. Mm. Uh, especially uh, women who are already family and um, right, because you're already married, right? Yes. So we were discussing this earlier on, and this is this is quite in a way groundbreaking. What you're yeah, doing. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, um, the fact that I could move uh, further in my study after married, that the fact that I have a supportive uh, husband. But there are so many women who even came here in the Netherlands, started their, their study, but they discontinue their study, or they even thinking of home because the society has expectation for you as a mom, as a married woman, you have to stay home. The first thing that you are expected is that uh, uh, fulfilling the family demands, and that's what society expects you to do. And then as a person, you also want to fit to the, what the society expects you. So you are uh, in conflict with your career at the same time you want to fit. So that's um, quite challenging for a female who especially come here uh, after having their own families. So it's really important to think while we design programs, such kind of stuff to consider also the impact that 
it has on women. Uh, yeah, and in a way, you're you're reliant on a supportive husband to yes. enable your career. Yes. Uh, so that that's what I want to add up to uh, is what he was asked. But regarding the the collaboration that uh, uh, it's an international environment, it's international students. It's really you realize the importance of that collaboration, especially as you go further up in your career. Right. Uh, because now we already have a, a network with uh, stud- 10 years ago, because I studied my master's 10 years ago. Um, 10 years, like the same day like this, we came here as international student for a student day. So we already have um, a group, um, what we call a WhatsApp group. With yeah, the, workshop. Yeah, our, with our class students. So we share everything. Uh, when you think of uh, something or you want to go to that country, you have someone. Uh, even you are uh, struggling with some idea, you just type on your WhatsApp group and then oh, right. I'm, so I'm you have like this an alumni then, WhatsApp group. Yes, and yeah, then... So uh, you're already using technology now to, yeah. to link with each other. So you don't almost worry about uh, knowing about some country or sharing some experience. Really, it's important. Not only with the individual, you also collaborate with these institutions. For example, if you want to do something for your country, for your people, you can, you can have also many institutions uh, with whom which you can collaborate and uh, work toward the, the, your communities where you want to make a change. So you feel stronger and you feel more supported yes. as a result of your alumni uh, group. Yeah. The thing is, nowadays, it's all about partnership and collaboration. Partnership unless you, collaboration. Yeah, yeah, unless you have that one. And it comes naturally to you guys yes. in your position. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Delphine, you've been waiting a long time yes, to speak. Yes, of course. So, talking about collaboration, I have a metaphor. I really like watching Hunger Games. Hunger Games. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, we want to, well, but it's different. So, as an agent of change, Katniss Everdeen, she didn't do anything her, him, herself. So, he did, she did like kind of collaboration with her friends or other ally and stuff. So, this is how I see it. So, you have a box like the university in the Netherlands uh, provide you with this kind of expertise to deal with water management, with whatever, flood, food, safety, whatever. But then uh, these friends, this network is like, um, if you need help, to, you cannot make change alone. So that is how I... I think, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you there because you cannot make change alone. I no. think it's an excellent slogan. I no. think we could write that up on the board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, not. yeah it's, it's a collaboration. It's yes. something which everybody has to do. Sorry, I interrupted the flow. For those of you who do not know what the Hunger Games is... <laughs> okay, let, perhaps show of hands. Really? Who knows what the Hunger Games is? <laughs> Okay, a little bit of an explanation then. It's like a post-apocalyptic world where a young lady who can shoot a bow and arrow really, really well makes lots of things change and loads of people get killed, but she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she, didn't but do she it empowers in a way by inspiring yeah. as opposed to actually going out killing people all the time. Yeah, well. <laughs> sorry, that, you'd correct me if I'm wrong, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah sorry. sorry, but uh, please carry on, sorry. No, that's all my point. So it's like toolbox, toolbox, the university provide you and then you have a nice tool for the problems and then you have your friends, which is like networks as a backup to make a change. Right. Carmen, your recent arrival in the Netherlands. So what do you think? Well, uh, my program is a really, really international program, and we are studying uh, different kind of environmental problems. So it's really interesting to see the multi-cultural uh, and also uh, transdisciplinary points of view of the same problem. So for us, for example, for in Colombia, we see the problems uh, for a floating 
so different that you see you here in Netherlands or how you can see it in, in Asia. So it's really, really interesting. And you have like, in just in some uh, group activities during your courses, like all over around the world, different perspectives for the same problem and different solutions. And that's an interesting way to look at a problem is from all the different yes. angles of all the people who are, who are involved. Yeah, and actually uh, you have the perspective just to solve the problem with limited resources and also natural resources. So just not look always uh, about technology because in right. our developed countries we don't have access to that. So yeah. it just see how can I do it and how can I do it in this other way. To and there are examples from other countries and other geographies where they take the problem in a non-technological way and solve it in a way that could be applied in Colombia perhaps. Yeah, that's really interesting. The, the, the cross-cultural student experience is a way of bringing in different viewpoints from different places. Um, a challenge that I've heard about, and it's more for you guys who are slightly more experienced in the uh, alumni role, is that it's not always easy to return after your studies. It's, uh, uh, when you've come to the Netherlands and you've enjoyed the fantastic weather, you cannot, you go back to your home and, you know, it, the world is not the same anymore. Um, no, but I'm kidding. But really, it, it, the, the thing about, I think, studying abroad is that you return with this fire in your belly and with the will to change and you want stuff to be new and you go back and the village is the same. And the people are the same. They're doing the same thing that they were when you left. And that can be difficult. So, ah, yeah, Kamara, you, uh, Kamara you've, uh, you've experienced that. Yeah. I have some friends here. I always like use Facebook social media a lot. In all, almost like in all of my posts, people comment, "Why you go back? Why you don't stay there?" So because I live in a very tough neighborhood in the Middle East, but actually it depends on what's your goal, what's your cause, uh, whether you are here for yourself or you are part of larger movement to towards something. So it really depends on what you want to achieve. If your goal is to support your society, your community, and then a return is a is a uh, inevitable outcome. Of course, you can do much uh, also to your community while you are here. But again, uh, in my case is uh, is to go back because I need to be there like physically, create that space with my friends, widen that space for civil society, I might not be able to do it here. But again, of course, I'm, I'm from Iraqi Kurdistan, like most of my friends, they are good friends, they recommend me to stay here, not to go back. So I, I guess like many other uh, people from the same region face the same challenge. That's really interesting because it means that you see your role as as an agent of change, as somebody who goes back and makes a change and doesn't just choose, okay, I'm going to stay in Western Europe, it's the easy life, but you return because you see your goal as having a bigger, uh, uh, more important than you as an individual. Yeah, and of course, I mean, I, I, I said from the beginning, perception is are important. And then when you come back with education in country like Netherlands, and it is seen as like neutral in the eyes of many Middle Eastern societies, and then you can do much work to your to uh, your people, your society. So it depends really on your goal, and re return is important when 
you are part of a, a better or a wider movement. Yeah, and also it's interesting what you were just saying there, that the, the reputation of an education in the Netherlands is particularly good and particularly high out there, which is, you know, a, a, a good, a, an excellent bonus for, for an alumnus of the Orange Knowledge Program. It's a way to, to, way to take back and share. Just a minute. I was the, in my university uh, where I teach, I was the first one who had a, uh, the first time who went to the Netherlands. But now, now I see more people, more friends, more from my network are applying yeah. for the Netherlands. That's a change maker, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> first man out, but they're following him. Yeah, but that's a great example. And it's, you know, I think it's, I think it's uh, uh, amazing to meet you guys who, who, who really want to be agents of change in countries where you come from. And in order to do that, you come to the Netherlands and, and suffer the weather. Delphine, how is it when you went back and did you discover, did you have this like black hole when you returned of you wanting to change or was, was life different for you and your surroundings when you returned? Well, I did experience reverse culture shock when I went back from my master in University of Groningen. You know, in the Netherlands, when you want to make appointment with your friends, hey, let's hang, let's hang out. And they were like, let me check my agenda first. Okay, we can hang out three months later. What? <laughs> These kind of things, kind of a culture shock for me, like, okay, and then I spent many, you know, a year in the Netherlands, and then I realized, oh yeah, that's nice to have like time planning and stuff, and then after that I went back home, and then suddenly all of my friends, my colleague was, hey, let's hang out. I was like, look at my agenda first, and then they were like, <laughs> what are you doing? And then, but this kind of things is like, it's nice for time planning management things that you can change from yourself, so you can have a rhythm, nice rhythm to start working faster. So mm. that, that's kind of simple changes on your life is rippled away. But did you find it a challenge to bring across those changes to colleagues and to, to people back home? Well, they listen to me. <laughs> they listen to you? Ah, well, that's perfect. That's well, great. Then see you least, again. Uh, yes. We're able to bring, get your points across and, and, and bring that change. But uh, there is also, you are right about perception. Uh, it's important because having a degree from the Netherlands, they think I'm capable to doing something. Yeah. So they kind of trust me in a way. Oh, this guy can make change. And right, then, so okay. the reputation of the level of Dutch education yes. is so high that it actually opens doors for you. Yes, and then they were like, oh, we have uh, our municipality have flooding. Can you help me with, uh, with this? <laughs> I was like, I'm not studying about water management. Yeah, but the Netherlands is really good at water management. I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, that's kind of level good. of trust. It, it, you know, it shows, it underlines that the reputation of Dutch yeah. education system is really a bonus that you get. Did you discover a similar uh, thing, Mulu? Uh, yes. Um, the thing is what from Netherlands, what you get uh, first and foremost, as Delphine say, is that uh, you find yourself and... Um, you realize that um, what you can do, uh, you have the capacity, is kind of just empowering you and showing you what you can do. So uh, being capacitated by that, when I first left during my master's study, I was so enthusiastic. I want to go implement because I, I came from university. So I really want to go and show so those to students, especially the female students, and uh, implementing my class, the methodologies, because the teaching methodology here is that it really challenges you. Through that, uh, you can realize how you, can, you are capable of doing things by yourself, because um, uh, 
the teaching methodology back home is different from here. It's more lecturing stuff, but he really, he's really, you are being challenged. Right, working you, together, more working the together and doing individual stuff. And uh, so, at, at the, when you are here, that's really challenging. Maybe some of the students now already experienced the difference between back home and here. You have to learn to speak up and fight your yeah. corner and discuss. Yes. So at the end, when after your graduation, you realize that how capable you are. It just being exposed to such challenge that can build you, and then you you want to go and show that to your uh, to your community, right, especially to your students. Part of the silent diplomacy as well in terms of the education system as well, because yes. you're bringing Dutch learning methods to yeah. to yeah. to the home country. Yeah, but but the challenge is uh, you go home with this uh, really energetic, enthusiastic, and you want to really change everything. <laughs> Because you really want to, yeah. So you can't, but you can't do that. So you have to. Do yeah, it. when you go home, the resource and everything is there. So you are crept. Here you have uh, a solution for, uh, in terms of resource for everything. You go home, you are a bunch of students in the class. Like you teach hundred here, you teach maybe thirty maximum or twenty. Yeah, I think the focus <laughs> is the key, right? When you get back, you got to focus, focus, focus. Yeah. Otherwise, you want to change the world. Yeah, you you, you can't do it that. Also, the system. The yeah. system itself is the same system. Yeah. So you can't break the system. So through time, you just found a way out. Right. So I'm really sorry we're going to have to start rounding this conversation off, ladies and gentlemen. I could go on all day. I hope it's interesting for you guys to listen to. But we're coming to the end of our podcast as well. Uh, but I'd like to ask two questions uh, for the pan to the panel. Uh, one is, what do you regret not doing when you were here as an international student and would advise a student to do? What do you regret not doing, but would advise a student to do? I'll, ask, I'll get the answer in a minute, because I'll give you another question while you think about that one. The question is, the people at home who are listening to this are perhaps students who have, are thinking about becoming uh, international students in the Netherlands, and you have to sell them the idea. So what would you say to a young student back in your home country as the reason to come and study in the Netherlands? Carmen. Well, here uh, they have like different kind of opportunities. The studies in our country is not really international and it's really important if you want to solve the things different, you have to start to see the things in different point of way. So if you really want to try to do something change in your country, you need to start to be tolerant and respect the other points of view, and the best way, the best way to do it is in an international environment. Thank you. That was good. <laughs> Come around. Well, I mean, uh, studying, I mean, as many courses here available in English, I think this is a, a great advantage to many people, many students around the world that they can come here, they can study. But again, I will combine with your questions. I, I regretted that I didn't, I haven't tried to, to learn the Dutch, which is something I, I recommend for students, international students, while they are studying English, they may also need to improve their Dutch or learn. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, improve the Dutch. Gaat goed. Delphine. I was thinking what I would regret. I don't have any, but I would recommend you to stay away from coffee shop. I have a story about that because <laughs> a friend of mine asked me, Delphine, where are you hanging out usually? And I was like, coffee shop. And I was like, 
because in Indonesia, coffee shop meant a place to sell coffee and tea. And then months later, I realized that, oh, look, Delphine, that is a cool kid in the, in the class that hang out in coffee shop. It uh, means different things. You so were going stay to away. bagels and beans, weren't you? <laughs> yes, stay away <laughs> from the Dutch coffee shop. Do you have a tip for students, young students, Ooh. why they should study here? Oh, they should study here because this is a nice place to study different people, different... What is nice is like this country is so small. I'm so sorry, but this country is small compared to Indonesia. But they offer so many opportunities, so many. So I'm finally moving. take your back. Thank you. you. Okay. Um, why do you have to come to Netherlands if you really want to challenge yourself and be proud of yourself at the end of the day and want quality education, then come to Netherlands? That's a great way to finish the podcast. Thank you very much. Make some noise, podcast people. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to our rock stars and thank you very much for listening at home to the podcast of the Week of the International Student. We're now going to give you guys the opportunity to ask the alumni some questions. So who would like to ask one of our panelists a question? Hello, namaste. This is me, Samjana Khanal from Nepal. Currently, I'm the master's student of plant breeding and genetics at Wageningen University in Netherlands. And thank you, Dutch government and Nafik Scholarship, providing me this scholarship and making me the change maker and enabling me to think that I could make a difference in the world, no matter who am I and where I am. Thank you so much. And my question is that uh, for all the alumni, First of all, congratulations from my country, Nepal, and my university as well. One thing I want to ask uh, to the alumni from Wageningen University is that uh, during your entire study period, whenever you feel the low, uh, what was the motivation factor that moved you to achieve the successful event and career in your life? So when you were at an all-time low, what gave you the motivation to continue? Yeah. Mine may be like uh, personal. Uh, again, uh, I see my the reason why I am here is I want to do something for the Kurdish issue in the Middle East, for the displaced populations in the Middle East. So uh, I, this is how I define my my presence here. So I, I don't think any in any difficult situations that my life is more difficult than the people who are fleeing violence and conflict in the Middle East. So my entire advocacy and work has been to support the minorities, the displaced populations. And even in my, in my most difficult uh, times, I see I'm grateful. Uh, at least I have uh, a place to stay. And I, I compare myself to the to these people who are fleeing the, the threats of people like the Islamic State, all these, you know, extremist groups. So I think this is the reason for me why, how I, I keep uh, working. Yeah. Thanks very much. Another question. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I'm Ernest Mupemo from Zambia, currently studying at the Wakengan University Development and Rural Innovation Program. Yeah, you are at some point being members of certain universities in the Netherlands, you were filled with so much passion for change the time you are going back to your home countries. But I believe at some point, maybe you found that it was not possible, maybe resource-wise, or the company around you, that could have maybe pushed you, your 
spirit down, but still you wanted to perform. What strategies, if any, that did you employ in order to keep the fire burning, at the same time trying to keep balance with the community you had to go back to? Thank you. Great question. What do you do to keep the fire burning? Yeah, Mulu. Uh, because I've had experience with what he said, because I want to work more, but for so many reasons it's not possible. So one of the key strategies that uh, I follow is that one thing, as an individual, I just keep on uh, doing it, doing it I, until I can manage. But the other important thing is uh, I made a collaboration with an institution, especially the Dutch institution. I try to share uh, my, uh, my vision with them, what I want to do for my community. So uh, I talk to them and develop some proposals and uh, where they could they comment on it and uh, motivate me. So the key strategy that I did is collaboration, which really did work for me. So that's really important. Collaborate with an individuals, collaborate with an institution. The moment you get an opportunity, wherever you are, try to share your idea, like kind of pitching uh, yourself when you get the, the, the opportunity. That really helps a lot. Thank you. Any more questions? Yeah, last question. The microphone is moving through the room with the speed of lightning. Hello, my name is Roa. I'm from Sudan. I'm from Kit University. So uh, I want to ask you a question about building your uh, professional networks here. The things that you have done and the things that you regret that you haven't done and you would have do it better if you went back on time. Because I think it's a very essential part at your career uh, plans, whatever it is, whether staying here or going back home or whatever it is. So I want really good advice about this. Thank you. Can I? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Um, having, um, doing university in the Netherlands also gives me opportunity to have conferences, a lot of conferences, international conference in the, conferences in the Netherlands. So what I did, I always have like one of the name card, Delphi and Utrecht University, and I bring it everywhere. And then every time there is a conference like this, coffee break, don't get to go to coffee, but get to know like people and then offer your name card. That is like a nice thing to have like, uh, conversation with people, but also expanding your network because you never know uh, who we will bump into in the coffee break. So you can skip panel, but not coffee break because that's the time, the, the time that you can um, networking with people. And then after work that, that coffee break, work it park with oh, the cards. No, no, I don't, I don't say like we should keep, skip the panel, but you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean. Stay for the podcast and then go to the coffee oh, break. No, 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 no. So yeah. I think that was it. I think we've run out of time, is that correct? We have officially run out of time. Thanks again to our panelists. You've been fantastic. Big round of applause. You can make some more noise than that.